Gentlemen, welcome to the Nashville Tour Stop Podcast, episode number 105, featuring the one, the only, Mr. Timothy Miles. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. That's how I introduce you at all of our shows. Yes, yes. M-Y-Y-Y-Y-Y-Y-Y-Y-Y-L-E-S. That's the exact spelling. And if you don't spell that in the heading for the cover of this episode, I'll be very mad. Uh, I'll make a note here. <laughs> Introduce you as Timothy Longest episode title ever. Like, like what was it, Dorothy in <laughs> Finding Nemo? There's a, the whale speech I for Timmy Demiles. Great idea. Let's yes. do it. Let's do it. <laughs> you yeah, know the what? podcast episode title, Real Estate. You got to make it as big and boisterous as you can. In, uh, no, it's Finding Dory, not Dorothy. I'm about to get uh, some hate mail <laughs> in my instance. <laughs> They're like, I'll get hate mail, and they'll respond like, can you please just make it his name? Yes. Yes. <laughs> Bob Iger from Disney. Hey, buddy. Uh. Well, welcome to the pod, Tim. It's been a... I'm, I can't believe it's taken 105 episodes to have you on, given that my house looks like a shrine to you and John Holier. You know, it's... I'm fashionably late for all <laughs> things, including podcast episodes. Yeah. It, it's funny. I forget who it was. We were just talking about this before we got on air, but my house really does look like a shrine to you because on my hallway wall, how many did you count that I have you on? I, I you know, honestly, I, I stopped counting because honestly, one of the things I'm here to talk to you about is just, just like you need to stop. <laughs> Needs to stop. I love you, buddy, but <laughs> this is a little. This is yeah, a little bit extreme. If there was ever here. a stalker of Timothy Miles, you'd be like, let's start with the guy who has <laughs> a bunch of my stuff. You know, but you know, as <laughs> as as stalkerish as, as as it looks like it is, you know, our work together has been amazing throughout the years. I mean, we've had a lot of fun over the years. I mean, the opportunity is just to sell out and to lift up rooms i mean it's 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 been great so i mean i have almost the equal amount of posters in my room too so i shouldn't be i've printed off here. most of them for you i think oh 100 yeah do you yeah i'm sure well i know that you have the show we did at the end mm-hmm. you do you have a last call poster i don't have a last call poster mm, that's the, the one i don't have those sold out pretty quickly at that show yeah we were busy i that think night. i had a hundred of them printed and framed which is just wild no that, you, there's that many of them just floating around they're out there somewhere. They're going to be big eBay items in but about yeah, 20 years. But yeah, you're on at least the first four within <laughs> iShot right here. <laughs> no, I have, I have, I think I have, I have the wine, I have the basement one, I have the uh, listening room one, and I have the uh, Holier showcase. Show I think those the are end. the three main ones I have. Did you play the first set that night or were you the midliner? Uh, for Holier? Yeah. Yeah, I was the midliner there okay. for that one. Brandon opened up the night. Brandon Alice as, opened. Yeah, Gosh, he was. What a threw it down it was that amazing. was a heck of a show indeed, indeed <laughs> that was, it was i think that that was like two years ago today the yes. day we're recording it and you know why oh, wait no that we're recording this on november 6th we did that was on november 4th yes so and you almost. know why i remember that date office through line that was diwali last <laughs> it was on diwali you remember the I diwali remember episode the date yes Diwali is a festival of lights. Know, Instead of one day of Christmas, we get eight crazy <laughs> nights. <laughs> well, Tim, thank you for coming on the pod. We we usually start the episodes uh, the same way, asking the guests how we met. 
Okay. So would you please regale the tale of how you and I got to meet one another? Yes. And so technically, this is when I've been listening to these episodes, I've been eager to tell the story because it's not it's not one time that we met. We met twice before we really like got to know each other. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> and not not to your <laughs> fault. It was really a circumstantial thing. Um I had started learning about the tour uh, you know, Nashville tour stop back in uh, 2019 and I was like hearing about it really incurred like I was like oh, I want to you know, be a part mm-hmm. of this group um, person I was dating at the time Lindy um, had great connections right. and uh, she was playing a lot back then yeah she was playing the tour stop a heck a heck ton and um, it was <laughs> it was she was wanting to make an introduction and she had a, a show set up at the beginning of March 2020, it oh, was God. right as everything was about to go down. And you like everybody kind of felt the wave, but she had a show that night at the bell court. And so I go with her to support. And, um, this, the spot is nearly dead. There are like maybe a handful <laughs> of tables because everybody's just like, what is about to happen? What is about to happen? Is and the earth <laughs> about to catch on fire? <laughs> Pretty much. And Lindy's playing her set and it's going great. And I can, I can kind of, I know who you are. She's like, that's Aaron. Like you should talk to him. But I can clearly tell you're kind of stressed out because mm-hmm. it's like, this is not good. Things are going to go really bad. <laughs> Something's happening. People are dropping out the lineup. And I hear that like on the microphone, you're like, Hey, people are dropping out. We're trying to do the best we can. And I hear that. And I'm like, opportunity. Mm, I'm ah, available. A song. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a here. I'm here. <laughs> I'm here. I'm now. Um, and I'd go up to you. I'm like, Hey, I'm Tim. I hear you have some songwriters drop out. Clearly, you need some people filling in. I do songs. Do you mind if I hop up for a song? And you're like, you know what, dude? Go ahead. <laughs> you're like, go on there. Play ahead. So Lindy <laughs> did her round. And then I think it was another round after that. I don't that. even remember that happening. No. It, I can, and That's I, probably like one of those traumatic memories my brain has just erased. No. I mean, I can understand, though. I mean, it was inc- extremely stressful. But it was the... I think it was the round, the round after... This, the round after Lindy's. So it was like either 10 o'clock or 9 o'clock slot. And we did it. And I don't remember who I was playing with. it was with. pretty early in the evening, right? Yeah, it was pretty early. Because I remember by the time we got to... Because John Holier was supposed to play that night oh, as was well. He? He <laughs> was he? through line. <laughs> he was the first act that didn't show up. <laughs> Come on, John. Come, Come on, on, John. <laughs> yeah, he was supposed to play the 8.30 to 9 p.m. showcase. <laughs> I played that round too. Yep. And... He he was texting me. He's like, I c- I can still come do it, but like my band just canceled, oh, and wow. and my wife is feeling a little uncomfortable about me going out right now. Yeah. I was like, you know what, dude? Just God bless just you. Stay home. God bless you, Laura. Can we give a shout out, <laughs> Laura Hollier? Come on. Yeah. So you played the last show before the the like whatever it was the day before the shutdown. Yeah, day before the shutdown, and I mean, I thought I played well. Um, and I was like, hey, I'm on the tour stop. I did it. I'm here. Um, and then a week later, pff, everything drops. And, and I forgot everything. Yeah. And we were in that whole bubble. That was the before times. Now we're in the after times. The world has burned. I can't believe that was almost four yeah. years ago. I know, right? <laughs> um, that's going to be like, that's it's, it's not as severe, but it's going to be like the World War II of our generation. Like, of course. When we're grandparents. The biggest thing that everyone was part of. We're going to be annoying our grandchildren about that. 50 years from now it's gonna be awesome um some shitty kid's gonna come up to you when you're 80 and be like grandpa i have to do a report on what it was like living during the 
looks at hand. COVID-19 pandemic. And we're all just going to have flashbacks. And you're like, it sucked. I went to Walmart without a mask and only got <laughs> driven out. I, uh. I had to spray Lysol on my potato chips while they were in the bag. <laughs> <laughs> so... Uh. That was the first time we met. So that was the first time we met. And Remind me of probably of the time that I actually would remember. So the next time we met was at Sonny's when you were starting your, your showcases and rounds there. Okay. Um, and, or maybe it was, no, sorry, it wasn't, it was at Sonny's, but it wasn't during the showcase. It was at Sonny's during a uh, pitch meeting. Okay. And I was at a table with Becca Tremel, uh, Mitch, Curly, and Sammy Potts. Shout and out. we're all hanging out. Great buds. Um, we're all hanging out, and Becca, shout out Becca Tremel, really advocated for me in this situation. It was like, I mean, I'm, I was telling her, like, I really want to play the tour stop. I think it's such a cool group. And uh, Becca really kind of made the introduction, said, hey, like, hey, and, and basically said, hey, Aaron, you should have Tim play uh, for one of your uh, rounds. And I think you had for me on a, a like an 11 o'clock round at Belcourt. Um, and I met you. So the second time I met you was, it was more formal with Becca giving the intro, okay. talking at pitch meeting. And then you set me up for a round soon after that. And then we really got into conversation after I did the April showcase in 2021. That was at, at Alley Taps. At Alley right? Taps. Because I remember watching you that show and just being like, oh, snap. Yeah. This dude's good. You kind of gave me the shot there. And I, you know, that you brought was a it really hard good, that night. That was a really fun night. I mean, Kira Loveless, BGVs, Nathan Wingate, BGVs, Cameron Simmons, percussion. It was one of the nights where I really started going into my sound and who I am as an artist. Mm-hmm. I, I still have the videos from that night. It's still, it's such a, it's such a pedestal for my uh i still have growth. photos of that night on my computer here because yeah, that creeper. was like right after <laughs> i got my old <laughs> whatever it was dslr and i was just like taking pictures and they're all dark and blurry and <laughs> i can go back and be like that was tim his first showcase with tour stop so when, whenever, if, if and when i ever get famous <laughs> yeah. that'll be the granule photos timothy miles was a up-and-coming singer-songwriter <laughs> in nashville tennessee oh how far we've come since those days yeah it's it's crazy to think about those shows at Alley Taps because they've kind of all in my head just amalgamated into this just amorphous blob of just chaotic, crazy things that we did for yeah. whatever that was, a little less than a year we had shows there. Yeah. Because I don't remember too much about those shows other than the beer shot combo being seven dollars what a time that was damn yeah you inf- no kidding damn you inflation yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh now i paid ten dollars for that bullshit jesus um i mean i think the tourist and um, the tour stop being at alley taps i mean it's such a it's such like a cut your teeth kind of place absolutely it's you know? one of those like level one guitar hero stages <laughs> it's like it's got the low ceilings definitely danger of yeah. like catching on fire only one exit you know it's yeah. not a, it's not a great place to be in but i mean we had some really good shows at that fun, place man the bar was set up in such a way like it was one of those spaces where you could make the place feel crowded without being too crowded yeah um but i mean i remember meeting so many good people there zachary scott klein like such a good dude there um, Matty Estrich. Um, Were you there the night he played his full band showcase? Oh yeah, no, 
It was because a, I remember watching him from the side and he raised up his, I think it was a J45 or something that he was playing and he raised it up above his head and whacked the headstock on the huh? ceiling yeah. because the ceiling of that venue is so low. <laughs> I, rem- I remember many moments tall. like, yeah, and no, he's no, a tall dude. For listeners who don't know how tall Zach is, think, <laughs> think I mean, of the Empire State Building. That's He's probably like 6'3", right? That's a good asset. That's a good estimate. At least yeah. every bit of 6'3". Yeah. He makes me feel small. I know. But he makes you Short feel... Short King Summer. But he, but he grows your heart whenever he smiles. That guy. <laughs> that guy. Well, Tim, I'm just so happy to finally have you on. There's a lot that I want to get into. But before we get into the whole myriad tour stop memories we've got, I mm. want to talk about your, your background in music. Tell me how sure. you uh, got into music and songwriting to begin with. Because you're not a Nashville local. I no. know you transplanted here. No, transplanted from Wilmette, Illinois. Shout out Wilmette. It's a northern suburb of Chicago, Illinois. Um, I got my musical beginnings in choir in junior high school. Um, what part did you sing? I was a baritone tenor, very tenor, you know, sweet middle there. And my mother encouraged me to try singing, um, in that year. So this would be seventh grade in the before time of that, I was just doing sports and doing school. My original plan was to my, I had a lot, I have a lot of uh, family members who were in the military. My original plan was to graduate out of high school, go to the United States Naval Academy, graduate second Lieutenant and go into the Marines really, and be a tank operator. Like that was like, I want to do that. I have Marine posters and like, that's what you want to do. Like I was a military Dang. geek. Like I love that stuff. I still do in this, in a regard, but then I, you know, I was doing musical theater from, and I should say I should backdate it. I was doing musical theater um, from sixth grade, really enjoyed it, kind of a, found a friend group there, um, dove into it, and then it was my sophomore year of high school. I had started fiddling around with, my, with my, the guitar I still have today. It's an old Yamaha beat-up guitar. My brother used to play it, and in a way... Uh, there was an event that happened in our high school where a friend of mine who was, who was still okay. Uh, there was a, it was a hit and run incident in front of the school and everyone, they, it was a person who was in the theater community and they were uh, pretty much a keystone part of that community. And we all kind of felt it that day. I went home and just had this, when you, whenever you have a song that wants to be written, it's just, it just pits in your chest mm-hmm. and it like, you get this tension up there. You and keep I was, coming back to that feeling. You're like, why, why do these words not leave like my I, brain? The only thing I can do right now is write the song. And that was a moment because pr- prior to that, I was just learning country covers. I was loving country music since I was learning the acoustic guitar, Brad Paisley, Kenny Chesney, mm-hmm. like Zach Brown band. Like, I, I guess, you know, he wasn't out yet. No, he was. Zach Brown was coming out. Um, and I was just, I was like, yeah, country music. I was wearing cowboy hats and now, but that incident incident really turned me on to why songwriting matters. And I was able to write my first song stealing the progression of a Brad Paisley. What was it called? It was called, um, oh my goodness. Uh, it's, it was called, it's going to be okay. That was my first ever song. That's a heavy first song. (laughs) God, I don't want to know. I don't want to know what's going on in sophomore year 10. It's going to be okay. okay. Well, it wasn't for me. It was for, uh, Sarah. Sarah was the gal who got hit by the car. She's, she survived and it was all okay, but she had some scary moments in the hospital and we were, we we were just cheering her on. And, um, yeah, so that started my songwriting career and getting into that and starting to iron or, or hammer out that iron. Um, and then by way of 
of a family friend. I was looking into colleges for here's a here's a fun fact. Uh, Timothy Miles, uh, in his search for colleges and where to go after high school, I was pursuing a musical theater degree. Um, and I was looking at TSU, looking at Arizona University, um, and I think I was looking at like normal Illinois, which is the most normal. This it's what's what you think about when you hear that town name. Okay. Um, but then a family friend uh, suggested I look into Belmont, Belmont University. And we looked in the program. I learned that's a nice history. recommendation, right? And it literally Changed the whole course of your life. Pretty much, we had not even heard about it until that they they brought it up. And I took a visit with my with my dad, and I went on to the quad and at Belmont, and I was like, "Yep, this is it." This did is you have much to it. audition to go to Belmont? Yeah, so I did do the auditions for the musical theater program, okay. and I actually got in to the musical theater program with a scholarship. Wow! Um, and that was. A really, really cool. I quickly changed my major from musical theater to music business, then back to commercial music. Um, but yeah, that's how I got connected into Nashville and to the Belmont music scene. Hot damn! I had yeah. no idea, dude. Musical theater, Timmy. I, you know, if it's if it's a if if it's a post or during my career, I mean, I I love doing musical theater. That's that's where I started, and I mean. Musical I, theater was one of those things that was really one of my first loves, too. Yeah. Because I, I was playing rock music before I started doing theater. Mm. But musical theater was the first time that I had felt the community that I so desperately wanted. And, like, I remember the first show I ever did was my sophomore year of high school called Kiss Me, Kate. Yeah. And uh, great show. But I just had, like, a chorus role. And I remember for the first time I was like... All of these people are my friends Mm -hmm. and we're all working together to make one thing happen. And then like when the show is over, there's this it's like a sense of mourning. Like (laughs) now what do we do? Am I ever going to see you again? Okay, Uh, yeah, we're still in school. Okay, I'll see you in geometry. Yeah. It was a crazy experience going from rock music into theater because I still did my band, my rock band in high school, but I never had that same sense of camaraderie that musical theater gave me again. And that's one reason why I love what we do here in Nashville is because everybody is so much more tightly knit than it felt like. I never had that like group of friends in high school. that was like your stereotypical, like you're the nerd and you're the jock. Mm. It was all just, we're all nerds. (laughs) (laughs) No, I mean, there's no feeling like opening night for a musical theater show that you're putting on. I mean, I mean, you guys have spent months mm-hmm. preparing for this moment, and it happens. What and was the first show you remember doing? Uh, musical theater wise, mm-hmm. or or the, the uh, musical theater wise? Okay, first show I ever did was Guys and Dolls when I was in Ooh. seventh grade. That's yeah. a classic. I was Lieutenant Brannigan. <laughs> it, it wasn't a singing role, but it sit was... Down, sit uh, down, sit down, sit down, sit down. You're rocking the boat. <laughs> <laughs> you know it very well, yes. Yes, shout out to Winnetka Community Theater. What that up? is a terrific show. That's a great show. Um, went on to do Footloose in high school, um, Fiddler on the Roof, which is now, now, now also a through line. Now I am a roofer that sings on <laughs> rooftops. Um, and... Did I think my favorite play musical I did in my time? Uh, it's a tie between either Les Misérables as Andros or Beauty and the Beast as the Beast. Whoa, um, that is a you got to do some cool I shows. Was, it, it was a good career. I'll tell you, that is awesome. <laughs> um, I, you know, honestly, I'd probably have to say Andros. That was just a fun role, big high notes. Mm-hmm. 
not doing that <laughs> stuff. It was great. You got to flex that tenor portion of your oh, baritone. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And then you get to shoot rifles. It's awesome. That was, that was like literally the military aspect mm-hmm. meeting my musical aspect on stage. I get a huge <laughs> death scene. You're it's like, awesome. This is me. Oh, yeah. <laughs> this is this his is I get. That's entirely who I am. But uh, no, that was the first show I, uh, that was at least early history of Too Many Miles and to music. And then moved to here and just dove into the music program at Belmont University. Definitely was really green. Like I was not a good guitar player by any means. Mm-hmm. Um, and really fleshed myself out as a piano player and as a songwriter. Um, the administration at that place was fantastic. Did you teach yourself all of the instruments you play? Um no, I mean, I've had lessons with piano. Guitar has been primarily self-taught. Um, singing, obviously, I've had lessons throughout the mm-hmm. years with great instructors. Um, yeah. The piano was definitely one of those more self-taught, but they did have classes in there. Do but you still read sheet music fluently? No, not at all. Not, <laughs> not absolutely at all. not. It's, Me neither. It's national numbers. All, all of the that way, information baby. got flushed right out of my brain as yeah. soon as I quit taking group piano. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I could figure it out if I, you gave me like 15 minutes, but like I don't read it fluently now. I mean, it's just not the language I... I write in anymore. It's yeah. just, it's charts. It's, and that's I was a theory and composition major for a while. So I oh, had, yeah? I had to think like that. And I got quite good at reading sheet music for a while because I started on the piano. My dad gave me lessons and I did that for 10 years. And then when I started playing the guitar, I told my dad, I was like, I don't want to play the piano <laughs> ever again. <laughs> so I quit learning sheet music and started like guitar tab.com. Yeah. We and then tabs. when I got back into college, I was like, crap, I shouldn't, I shouldn't have, have quit to reading thing. sheet music because oh, I can still sight read sheet music uh, if I sing it, but I can't play any instrument with sheet music mm-hmm. anymore. Like yeah. that information is just gone. Yeah. Yeah. It's an, it's a, it's a, I, and you know, I haven't really needed to use that skill lately. It's really charts. Kind of people do the in job. Nashville don't, don't know how to read it so even if you could do it yeah you, if you wrote a score for something and you're like here play this yeah it'd be like what are the numbers yeah it's <laughs> and it, but it kind of depends on like who what tribes you're you're playing and like if you're mm-hmm. if you're if your group is all about jazz and like if you're if you're in like with the cory wong tribe like you need to know mm-hmm. how to read music but if you're just like you know, country, and you're doing that. Cowboy maybe, chords. Maybe the maybe the lead guitar player needs to know the 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 solo line for that. But I mean, it's just such a more efficient way. Of so, how did you music. learn to play so confidently finger style? Because I that's the only uh, thing I really took lessons for as an adult was classical guitar, mm-hmm. and I hated the music. But the Finger style playing is something I've incorporated way more into my playing, and I yeah. got all of that from classical guitar. So how did you teach yourself to do that without the, this is how you do it? I think shout out to Zach Brown, honestly. Like, just watching him play, and because his style, he plays primarily a nylon string mm-hmm. on stage, which is a, an amazing sound and is a hallmark of their music. Um, but watching and how, how, he, how he navigates the strings in that way... Um, when I started playing out, I kind of envisioned since it was like country music, I was like, I kind of gonna, I gotta play this guitar like a banjo, kinda. And that I wouldn't call it a Clawheimer style, but I just by listening and watching Zach Brown and country players, like 
folk players like John country Prine. players do a lot of hybrid picking where they are actually holding the pick with their index finger and their thumb and then they do the chicken picking. Yep. That's something that I've incorporated a lot more myself too. Yeah. I don't you know I I couldn't I think Zach Brown is like Ooh, the warm. area where oh, I get that finger picking style that. from. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Thank you um and uh, oh, I like your collection over here. Years, and I've just you got a record collection? It. Look at this. Kept it, kept, right. kept it oiled. Kept over it here. <laughs> <laughs> what uh, what of your collection? I'm uh, for the listener. I'm looking at uh, Aaron's media setup. He's got a switch. He's got a small Epiphone amp. A JBL. He's got an Audio Technica turntable. I've, nin- I've got my nerd out Nintendo history. Oh so I've got gosh. the switch, the 64, the GameCube, and the Super NES. I skipped over the Wii. Uh huh. I never liked the remote. Motion control thing. It kind of died, didn't it? I didn't like that. The uh, all right, all right. Here's a question for you: The house is on fire. It's going to burn in 30 seconds. You have to grab one cartridge, one system, and one record. Which ones are you grabbing? Okay, I would grab the 64 with Legend of Zelda: Ocarina of Time. <laughs> um, I would leave everything else to die. <laughs> Um, the God, the the record that I would pick. That's a tough one. I've got a lot of favorites there. House is burning. We gotta get out. Grab house a is on fire. House is on I fire. Would, I'd grab my Van Halen 1984. I've got oh, that in the frame on the yes. wall there. Yeah, I've got quite a few records here. I'm pretty pretty fond of, but my Van Halen collection is my favorite. And I remember I got the 1984 Van Halen when I was in high school and there was a record shop that had it. Yes. And I remember being like, oh my God, I found it. Like, <laughs> I realize now like that's an old record and probably is not that hard to find. Yeah. But still like, like to, to have it like framed in like that is really nice. And that's a legendary yeah, rock so and roll grab that one. Most of the others that I've got in my console here are either like new release presses of albums that are old uh-huh. or are just like the the two dollar bin records like if somebody looked through my record collection here they'd be like god aaron loves neil diamond <laughs> for some reason i have like six neil diamond vinyls and i know one neil diamond I mean, song. we all know what it is we're not gonna <laughs> sing it we're not gonna sing it yeah but i i do love my my vinyl collection I do also have Catan, Catan, Settlers of. Oh. I know you're a board game we, fella, and we have we have dueled on the Catan mm-hmm. uh, board many a time. Yes, many we, a time. I, I have never won against you. I know, and I and I have never won against Alex, my roommate. Alex. <laughs> Shout out Alex Wheeland, you bastard. He's, he has won now twice, three times. He's always winning. He's, He's always just always winning. winning. I figured you'd be the winner because every time I've. Like, talk, I've known you were a board gamer for a long time, uh-huh. like a friend of mine a long time ago was like, I want to date Timothy Miles. And I was like, no, you don't. You hate board games. It was like, Tim loves board games so much. You can't diametrically have two different favorite things and hate oh, his favorite no. thing. Yeah. Uh, sorry. Sorry. And you, but and I, I well, I have, you've never beaten me because we play with, with Alex all the time. And whenever we play Catan with Alex... You think you're winning. You think you're winning. But he's played this game so many damn times that you have the lead. But in the back of his head, he's already like, yeah, I wouldn't do that. Nah, <laughs> I'm not sure about that. You sure he's you that guy that? playing chess and who's playing freaking, 15 moves ahead of you. There's, there's one move where he gets like three points and you're I done. Can't do and that. It's like, God damn it. <laughs> one day, my name will be on the back of the cardboard there. Yeah, you guys have a pretty nice collection of vinyls at your house as well. Do you have a favorite you'd want to... Pull from your house if oh, it was no. on fire? Fa- on f- oh, my goodness. You know what? Yeah, you know, it comes to mind. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, wow. 
This that's going to be a, an incredible soundbite. <laughs> um, <laughs> I do have sound bites of Timothy Miles wow. on my computer. Wow, wow, wow. Boot up, baby. What would I do? There's a great Duke Ellington record. There's a Most Def album that's really awesome. I think just because of its if it's of its rarity and significance, Jackson Brown's running on empty. Oh, get that that's out a of the house. Great record. Get that out of the house. We gotta go. Um, yeah, that's yeah, yeah. That's the one. That's the one. That's the one. You know, it's funny how we pick our favorite things like that, and how some you it really does make you start taking stock and like, oh, maybe I don't need all these things that like we live in. A, here's my soapbox. Let's go. Let's. <laughs> we let's live stand in a very consumeristic it. society. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's dive and, into it. And it really does, if you start thinking about, like, the house is on fire and I've got time to pick one, what do I get? And then it starts making you think, okay, if I have time for one, do I really need eight other Neil Diamond vinyls? No. Or is it purely to make it look like I have a vinyl collection? No, it's so, to be on that soapbox with you, a lot of this past year, just in work and in music in general, you really... There's a great book that I've read. Uh, it's called I'll Teach You to Be Rich by Ramit Sethi. It's a finance book. Mm-hmm. But in the in the book, it's not about the, the financial, financial goals that he has you go on. They're not about, it's not about how much wealth you can accrue. It's about what amount of dollar is going to get you the lifestyle you want. Mm-hmm. And this past year through my job and through music, it's been questioning myself of like, what do I really, really want in my life to look like? And what does it take to get there? And... Does it need a million dollars or does it need $10 million? And people can be happy with $40,000 a year, man. Like Mm -hmm. they can be, it's just, it's your, it is how you define happiness in your own light. If you're, if your vision for a happy is like, Oh, I have to get a house. Oh, I have to get this new guitar. Oh, I have to get this vinyl. I have to get a new car. You have to question yourself and saying, are you, do you really want those things? Or is it, is it something exterior that is making you think you need that Mm -hmm. thing to be happy? Um, so what on, on that, before I give my answer, what in your life has been one of those like happiest periods of your life where you can think back and it's like what you had and it could be right now. Like, what do you have that you were just like, you were completely content and satisfied? You know, I, there was, there's two things that have recently happened. One is that I took myself on a trip to Colorado. I love the mountains. I love being in nature. I love just exploring mm-hmm. and going out to Colorado for almost a week and seeing my friends and exploring was a great trip. And to go on that trip, worry free hotel rental tickets to Zach Brown band. I didn't even know that was, they were in town and I just went and <laughs> that was, this is a whole nother story. <laughs> go, went to go that that's a bucket list item that, that, that this ties into saw Zach Brown in Colorado, sing colder weather, while it was 37 degrees outside wow. colder weather in colder weather it was awesome That's i had cool. like i had like three beer coats on it was it was rocking um but doing that and giving myself that trip and gift to explore myself and then recently i've loved love love loved archery for as long as i can i've seen that on your instagram yeah. i've loved Is this archery. a new hobby it's it's i've always shot archery in secret 
Like I've never been like checking me out and doing that. <laughs> but I've, I just love the form. I love the process. I love the achievement of hitting that bullseye from whatever distance. It is nice to have those like that bullseye is a great example. Literally mm. it's, it's a term that's used in so many other things, but it's like, you don't have to have the, the showy braggy hobbies that are for everyone to see. And it's cool that I, I didn't know that about you. No, and I'm, it's just something that you did that you can progress at. And then once you hit that first bullseye, you're like, dang, I have improved. Yeah. And the community in archery is so tight knit too. But I got, I recently got a, a recurve bow set up down in music city archery. So I shout out music city archery in Franklin, Tennessee. Um, and, I, I didn't have a target yet, and I just went to my backyard and <laughs> took like a cardboard box, stuffed it with a bunch of papers, <laughs> and then a cardboard box front on it, mm-hmm. drew a little circle on the front of it. And I tell you, I could plug that thing for days. Really? And it's so fun. Just That's cool. Thunk, thunk. And just like, what happened here? And just being out there. It's almost like golf, but better and less expensive. Um, you should buy a bunch of hay bales. That's what I'm going to do next. I need to, I'm going to get my target and then hay bales because I don't want arrow flying to my neighbor's As a head. kid, I had a really, really country friend. Yeah. His family had a farm, raised <laughs> like sheep. Like he, he was a country dude. Yeah. But they had a crossbow range or I guess an archery range on their farm. And I remember he'd... Uh, they'd be like, let's go, let's go shooting today. And I was like, sweet. And his dad would say, go bale your own hay bales. We, so we literally go <laughs> bale our hay. Yes. And then go, go set up the archery range oh. to go do that. So it is fun. I, I mean, I haven't done that in 20 years, yeah. but it is fun having that tactile. Yep. It is. Yeah. It is cool. And that now being a part of my life is... It's, it's so much so refreshing because I'm literally leave, living out my own truth. And that's the And it's a hobby that's completely unrelated to creativity and music and the business. Yeah. So when you go do that, you're not trying to be you're the, the artist, Timothy Miles. You no, just, just get to go be having fun. Tim the guy. Eventually, I'll, I'll want to go take down, you know, game and deers and have a lot of fun with that. Shout out Lucas, Lucas Carpenter. Whenever we go hunting, I'm going to ch- check you, boy. Um, <laughs> but... Man, so you were talking about so that being part of the stuff, yeah. like the happiest or most content part of your life. Yeah, um, I go back to thinking about the simplicity of the shutdown back yeah. in 2020 mm-hmm. because, sure, I was stressed out, not making money, and not knowing if I was going to be able to continue doing my job as tour stop. But yeah. I remember the—I don't know what it was, but it was the absolute lack of responsibility, if you will. And the only thing I did every day, I would go for walks, hmm. I'd sit and play the guitar, and I'd sit in my lawn chair and have a beer. And even though I was freaked out about like the world around me, there was some something really nice and peaceful about just going for a walk for a couple of hours and coming home and just sitting in my yard. Hmm. And that's one of those things that I'm happy about with myself, and I learned from my dad. It's like, you don't have to have millions of fancy things like if if you like you were saying if you find that kind of baseline of what you do and you just if that makes you happy there's nothing wrong with that not at all no it's like people in big cities love to judge that like oh you just sit in a in a tractor bed or a you want to go sit on a farm by a fire and you're like yes. that doesn't sound bad <laughs> you don't what do you, you don't come on <laughs> this is so amazing. it's like well what do you do if you want to get pizza at 2 a.m you're like 
go to bed. You wait until tomorrow <laughs> and you go to the store and you buy it for the next day. Like there's there's things about living in the city that are great. Yeah. You live here, you get it. You're from Chicago. You're from one of the biggest cities in the country. What up, Chi-Town. You get it. But there is something nice about God, there's the soapbox again. The simple things in life. <laughs> the simpler you can make it, man, is the easier. I mean, it's all, I mean, controlling your environment and controlling what matters to you is, is ultimately mm-hmm. going to be what brings you happiness. I mean, so many of our peers, you know, music in myself, music is a thing we just can't live without. And we mm-hmm. make them, we do the things we have to do to make that a part of our lives. Um, I think something that pervases, that's the wrong word, something that, pervades pervades our community is that we have this idea of what success is in this industry. I think we're also turning a point in terms of the industry in general, where that perception of what making it means has dramatically changed. Right. Cause it's, all these people think the, like the, the Zach Browns, the Taylor Swift's, the whoever's mm-hmm. they are the, like that's the pinnacle of success. Right. And I kind of think like that's the hyper extreme version of that right and on the bell curve of the success curve whatever you want to call it there's a lot of it in that right half that is success that doesn't involve eighty thousand person stadiums yeah the uh as prince said you have succeeded once the song is created mm-hmm. and for a guy who was success successful as as prince all he was focused on was making music making music, bringing it to people. He didn't, he didn't really, obviously there's, you need want to watch the dollar signs, but his main focus and what he wanted to get better at was I want to do the best thing for music possible that I hear in my head. Um, I mean, Zach Brown, he built a fan base that's going to last him till the day he dies mm-hmm. because he's all about that community aspect. He loves music. Never um, once have I listened to a Zach Brown song. And I think this was churned out of a Warner chapel co-writing room. Yeah. And it's like, because I know so many of those people and like, we have friends who write those songs yeah. and there's nothing, nothing wrong, wrong with that. With but there is a certain level of humanity that comes with someone who creates their own art for the sake of art rather than here's my next single give me a million dollars right it's it's really how you frame it in your mind as to what is successful um i mean i have an i have an ep coming out or i guess by the time this gets this comes out on the 7th um the i have no real run up promotion for this the only purpose of this ep is to get it out and show it to people who want to listen to it i don't care if the entire world doesn't listen to it because a month ago when I got inspired to put this out, finally, um, I kind of looked at myself at the deathbed and asked myself or the deathbed asked me, why didn't mm. you put this out? Like, why aren't you just releasing this stuff? Cause at the end of the day, if this music that I created isn't out in the world for people to hear, that's the biggest, that is the biggest loss in my eyes. Yep. Um, and, it's this a disservice e- to the art itself yeah. when you've created it and don't share it. Ideas come from a place we don't understand. You know, I don't know if the listeners aren't very religious, but like I'm very faithful in terms of my relationship with God. But like I'm in full belief that my ideas come from God mm-hmm. himself. And so to not bring those ideas to fruition is dis- is a disservice to why I'm on here on earth in the first place. Um, why shouldn't and on that would like, why should an idea be given to you, so to speak, if you're not going to 
therein give it to the world, yeah. right? Yeah. And those ideas that come in people's heads, like I, I battle it, I battle it every day. We all battle it. Any creative mind is going to battle these ideas. You have that idea of like, mm-hmm. this is going to be a cool show idea. I like this album concept. I think this song idea is really cool. And immediately what's going to follow that is a doubtful voice that's going to say, nah, I don't think people are going to listen to this. I don't think people like this type of music anymore. Who cares? But, 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 who cares? That is the that is like literally the devil. That is the, the devil on your coming shoulder. That saying, is the anxiety of failing in the eyes of who? Exactly. Who? And that the part the purpose of this whole next EP is just giving it to people. I don't care if it, I, I would love to have it have it have ten thousand streams. That's my like that's my barometer. Ten thousand for the whole EP. Fine. Mm-hmm. That's an achievable goal. But I just want to give it to people like you, people like people who I run into on the street. Like, here, here's an EP. Hey, radio station. Hey, you know, have fun with the promotion instead of being like, I got to get it all serious at once and then release it. And then, oh, no, and then no one cares anymore. And it's like, I'm one, I'm in a season where it's just releasing music for music's sake. And the ideas that will get me to the crowds and the shows that envision my life will happen, but I just have to serve the music first. And right. everything else will follow as long as I'm serving the music in every way in my performance and how I organize my business and how I release my and promote my stuff and how I communicate with people. Um, as a bit of a ch- tangent, but anyways, I have an EP <laughs> coming out. <laughs> well, that leaves us a great cliffhanger. Let's take a quick commercial break and we'll come back and talk more about the new EP. Let's do it. With Mr. Timothy Miles right here on the Nashville Tour Stop Podcast. And we're back with Mr. Timothy Miles on episode 105 of the Nashville Tour Stop. That's a teaser. (laughs) Tim, thank you for joining us today. You're you're welcome. Thank you for having me. It's it's so fun getting to talk with my friends professionally. I do this all the time, but I've said it so many times on the podcast, but oh no, prop your feet up. I'm trying to. I don't want to spill I mean, my water. Uh, the, the coffee table is technically a, uh, a side table. Technically a shoe rack. Oh, so well, it's fitting because I'm putting so my shoes it's, on. Yeah, it. it's doing exactly what it was made to do. All right, sweet. <laughs> <laughs> but I was uh, saying something and I completely forgot. We were introing back into it. We were singing the the version of the new mm. tour stop theme. Tease. Big tease. And we're back with the next <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But Tim, thank you for joining us today. Uh, yeah, you've got you. a new EP coming out. Actually, it has been out for yes. about a month, maybe three weeks we are, from the day we're uh, recording this, when releasing this. We are recording this podcast a day before the release. Great. The release happened when you listen to this, listener. On November 7th, um, yes, my EP, uh, Acoustic EP, uh, Secrets, is going to be out at the time you hear this uh, podcast. So this is not your first release, but this is going to be, I believe, your first studio release? I don't know what you would call it. I just, It's just the latest release of music the latest. coming. Um, the one prior to this would have been a single about a year ago uh, called um, 
Your letters, right? Your letter, yeah. Or your letter. Your letter. Uh, Just one letter. Singular letter. A, a letter. A letter. Um, and yeah, so it's been a while since I've been putting out music, and this will be just a five-song EP produced with Charlie Holden of Lost Stars. Bunch of co-writers helped me on this one, and it was a was a COVID project. I recorded this really? in 2020, and I just sat on my hard drive for... Three years. And so what are the tracks on this album going to be? The tracks are, number one is Dirty Windows, written by yours truly. Mm-hmm. Uh, the second track is going to be uh, Trace of You, which is probably going to be the single. Um, Trace of You, I uh, wrote that with uh, Lindy Lachance and myself. Uh, the third track is, uh, I should know my orders. <laughs> I think it's Ocean and Moon. <laughs> Ocean and Moon. Either way, it's going to be an EP. Ocean and Moon, which is a great song self-right um we have let's see uh ocean and moon oh, sorry. D- dirty windows uh trace of you ocean and moon headlights uh mm-hmm. written with uh carson ponce of ponce um and then forever uh written by with teddy knack um yeah so five songs uh acoustically recorded with charlie holden back in the day in the during times the before time the during, the during times the during times, the during um, times. And I'm really excited for these collection of songs. They're they're longer. They're they're, but I think they're really indicative of who I am as a person. The fun thing about this project is going to be the release and sharing these these songs. I'm not in like I said before the break. This isn't to capture the world's attention, but it's to capture the people I want to listen to this music. Because if you can sit in these music at this music and like it by the end of they're done. I want you to be at my shows. I want you to listen to the next ones coming because I got more, more, more songs on the way, which is great. Um, but man, I'm excited for these songs. I'm just more happy that they're just out in the world and people are able to listen to them whenever they want to. And I can promote them whenever I want to. And for people who haven't heard your music, what, uh, what's, would you describe your sound as? I would describe what I've been saying lately is Heartland rock music. So think Americana, think, Bill Withers meets Bruce Springsteen meets Tom Petty meets Mellencamp. Okay. That's kind of the vibe. This EP heavily, heavily goes into the Paul Simon influence. It goes into the Bill Withers influence, kind of the Nebraska Bruce Springsteen album esque. Mm-hmm. Um, did it you was, record it on a four track as well? I wish I did. <laughs> that would have been a cool one. No, we just did Logic over in uh, Charlie's uh, uh, rented uh, room over in the Hermitage area. But um, man, it's these are just sensitive songs, and I'm they're some of my favorites that I've written over the time I've been in town, and it's just about time they get out into the world, you know. So, how is this record going to be different than the uh, live record that you did prior? It's going to be different in that the acoustic approach we made was more studio based. The live okay. record was all one track, hit it, and minimal overdubs. And that's the raw performance of the mm-hmm. song. This one's just going to be more of an explorative into the emotions of these songs. A um, little bit more, more produced. A little more produced, using, using effects to convey the story of the songs. Um, and a more personal, personal. it's more of like a heart-to-heart when you're listening to these tracks. It's not a, boom, here's the live performance. It's This is me reaching out to you, seeing if you'll listen. And um, no, it's it, that's that's the main difference and. Um, the way it was recorded, there's only one song that's a true live recording uh, forever. <laughs> we were just like, <laughs> all right, last song we need to record. And 
Charlie was asking me like, so how do you want this one to sound? I was like, you know, honestly, I just kind of wanted to sound like you're in a room. And the base of the storyline is that it was about a, a girl that I had a crush on and we had had a back and forth for a long time and we never really crossed that threshold. And the song is about what if I just said, I think you're great. We should date. Maybe I love you. I don't know. Um, and I just was like, I, I just imagine myself sitting in a room like against a wall with a vinyl going on. And I want to recreate that. And he literally just kind of took room mics as I was talking, he was taking <laughs> room mics and just pointing them in my direction. And then he just went click. And I was like, Oh, okay. Oh. I guess I'm playing the song now. And it <laughs> turned out great. So, <laughs> so do you use any session players for this record or did you perform everything? Nope. All the parts are recorded by myself. Um, what so, kind of instrumentation are we going to find on this? You know, record? this is actually going to be really cool. Another through line. Um, I, since I recorded this in 2020, I had a different guitar that I recorded on that as to now. My old Epiphone. Is, the one that is, was stolen. The one that was stolen <gasps> is in this record. So this is a special double meeting. Yeah, oh, yes. The old Epiphone that was stolen is in this record. I got back with Charlie two months ago to kind of re-record some things and just flesh out the tunes in some areas that were lacking. And so the new guitar is now in this record too. So it's two guitars, mm-hmm. some um, some synth or 808 kind of like beats, not like not like mm-hmm. rap, hip hop, but like just like filler beats. Um, a lot of reverb use, a lot of echo use, a lot of BGVs. The BGVs are killer in this one i love did the you do all the bgvs yourself I did. I did yes very cool um yeah i did all the bgvs myself and trying to backtrack so i don't step over anybody's toes there's but, nobody's voice who will match yours better than yours that's true that's very true um although there's people who compliment my voice mm. as well um Kira Loveless. Kira Loveless, uh. nathan becca <laughs> we can shout out Paige. was what up um but um yeah no it's all self-recorded uh, or self-tracked and yeah, it's just a true thumbprint as to who I am as a person and artist. That's very cool. Yeah. You you haven't put out tons of music over the years, at least not as long as I've known you, so yeah. highly anticipated. Yes. Yes. Especially after waiting. having heard you play only a bajillion times. I know. And that's kind of the intention with this too, is just to get the re- release train mm-hmm. starting. Because I love live performances, but these days it's about re- it's about releasing music and art to the world. Because now you have I mean I think about the songs that are going to be on this EP. I don't know if I've heard them live as much as I had all the new stuff that you play live. You have probably haven't. I mean, uh, at sh- certain showcases, actually the last showcase, mm-hmm. um, at the last showcase that I had, you had me on at the local, I was playing primarily mm-hmm. the EP. So you would have heard them for the first time there. Right. Um, but those are more full band. This is going to be like the full, this acoustic. So me. tracks like circle, the drain and elope to Montana will be on the next one. Those are coming. Those are Woo-hoo! definitely in the way on the way. Teaser, um, teaser. <laughs> um, too many nights. Mm, what? <laughs> um, but no, yeah. So this is this this is just the start of many releases that are coming, and I'm just very happy to get the train going and have something to share. Not that I haven't had something shared of the past, but I think my relationship with my recorded material has changed. In that, it's not about the big single release, like boom, big track, oh, big success. It's more. I want like it's like we were, we were commenting in the in the break about long game in relationships. This is a long game for music mm-hmm. and playing it out over time because we all expect that we release this music. It has a super massive success and your life changes overnight. Really, it's a slow it's a slow tick. And you, the next 
you know, this is a world filled with 7 billion, 8 billion people. And the more you share it, that's one more person that has never heard of your music right. before and may become a super fan. So that's something the the slow tick is something I think a lot of independent artists aren't mentally prepared to accept is real because hmm. we all do want that skyrocket million streams whatever yeah but setting you said your goal was to get ten thousand streams on yeah. it that is a very realistic and manageable goal yeah i mean getting two thousand streams per song in the scope of how many people listen to music like that's that's not that many to ask for yeah no and that way when you do hit 10k you're going to really feel like you've done something. And then you're like, okay, let's do 25 next. Yeah, exactly. It's, that's exactly right. You know? Um, and I, you know, I'm not great with social media, um, but I know that if I bring this to people who want to listen to it, I will get that mark. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, I'm just excited. I'm excited just to share these new songs, the songs that people have never heard before. I'm excited to get the result because mm -hmm. the songs that I like may not be the ones that people resonate with. Um, and I'm just excited. So why did you choose these five versus the probably dozens that you could have put on? Because I'd already recorded the, my highlights for like strangers, gold mine, saving sorrow, like those big ones. I've already recorded those previously in an acoustic and then in the live mm -hmm. EP, I have greater plans for the bigger ones for, in terms of full production and release. These ones also, I didn't back in 2020, I didn't have the songs that I have now. Right. Then, so it was a, <laughs> That's I'm, picking, a good point. I'm picking from the best of the like, bin I have at this, this is, moment. This is older music finally being given new life. Yes. Um, but I think the music has stayed in terms of I, my enjoyability to play it. My two favorites are uh, Ocean and Moon and uh, Trace of You. Those are probably my favorites of the mm -hmm. EP, but they're all great songs. Fair is very sensitive. Um, uh, Headlights is a cool, it's a weird, that's a weird one. I mean, I'm interested I to see what people think one. about that one. Um, but yeah, that's a. Uh, would you would you it. give us the background into headlights? That's a that's one that I'm quite familiar with. Would you give a? I don't want to give the give away the farm, but what was the inspiration for writing that song? Head, headlights was a weird one. Um, actually, I actually don't think I've ever played this one for you because you might you might be thinking of a different song. Okay. Um, because I don't play this one often because it's 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 weird. The background of the song is that I was driving from Chicago to Nashville one night on a trip and I had a thought occur in my mind. It was a, it was a moment in my life where I was feeling pretty down about myself. A lot of these songs came out of that moment. Um, and I was just stressing out about work or something. And I had a weird thought where I was like, I'm in, it's 10 PM in the middle of Kentucky. I have nothing but my car and my phone and some, and some cash in my bank account. I could, if I wanted to, we were talking about headlights. Switch off and these headlights. That that song. Throw my phone out the window. Take the next exit, and be gone Go forever. Yeah. Do whatever else I want. So I think like, what else in in that point. Yeah. So the song is uh, it was it was basically about like realizing that um, the I had a moment in my life where I could just change the out, the outcome immediately in a weird way. And just like the song just started coming to me in my head and I started writing and doing voice notes. I, a week later I had a, a write with, um, uh, Carson Ponce who runs a awesome rock group, rock group duo with his brother Ponce. Um, and, uh, we've got it down and it's just a weird song, kind of a drivey Bruce Springsteen style of, uh, music. Um, but 
it's 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 a weird one. So I'm excited to see what people will uh, how the people will relate to that one, that tune in particular. That's a cool cool concept of just what if I got rid of my phone and took the exit and never came back? Yeah, kind of thing. It's weird. I but, do uh, think about that sometimes. <laughs> just like, what if I just disappeared? Yeah, there's like, a lot of cool lines in that song, so I'm excited. Well, for, for I'm I'm stoked it. for the for the release. Do you have the artwork and everything complete? And I would assume it's out now. <laughs> You're like, no, nah, we're just going to wing it. I better at this point. No, yeah. It's a cool. Um, Annie Lougheed was the uh, photographer for the batch of photos that we got for this I one. I know, so Annie. There's a lot. Yeah, she's great. Um, and uh, the the cover is just me like squatting over a hill. Cooper, very, very introspective shot on me. Um, got to shout out my girlfriend, Jackie Capazzoli. She helped me design the cover on that one. Um it's yeah, it's going to be a cool record. I'm I'm excited for people to listen to it and well, take... we'll make sure to have the episode link description including all of the links to your music so people can go stream it right away. That would be great. That'd Actually, be wait until the episode's over and then go stream it. And then music. go stream it and then just stream it like <laughs> 5 times too, please. Well, Tim, you've lived here in Nashville for quite a while. What year is it that you moved here? Moved here in 2012, 2012. which is crazy to think about, but yeah, 2012, that was 11 years ago, it was, uh, August of 2012 when I went to go to Belmont and I've just stuck around, played and did odd jobs ever since. And so you've got probably a good perspective and you've introduced me to several places, but I, I do like to ask the question, <laughs> where are some of the places in town you enjoy going that aren't related to music? business venue bar where are the places that you enjoy going that might be good for people who are either visiting nashville that are off the beaten path or the people who live here like me mm-hmm. who, who may not know about some great places you seem to know a lot of the hidden gems yeah i mean shout out we got to shout out big owls big owls deli we frequent that very often big owls deli is on the north end of fourth avenue so if you're going if you're in downtown is straight straight north if you hit fourth avenue it's almost like the very very end of fourth it really avenue is north. Like and it's it's on fourth avenue and coffee street i think something like that but tell you what some of the best meet and three you'll have the people who run that ever are just sweethearts alfonso he he is big al he is he, big he doesn't al? forget a face he remembers us when we come back in and um the food there's, there's just insane yeah so that's north side germantown i guess i'll section section it out if you haven't been to baja burrito Go Baja Burrito. It's in near the Berry Hill area. Mm-hmm. Um, not far from Guitar Center. Not far from Guitar Center. The best burritos on the planet. Um, let's see. East Nashville. Oh, goodness. What's the what's a good place I've been to in East Nashville recently? Jane's Hideaway. Shout out. Mm. I mean, not really. I guess that's music. So they technically have music, but I, I wouldn't am. call it like a... This is a music venue. Yeah. Or, I mean, uh, heck, if this, um, if you haven't been yet, Honky Tonk Tuesdays at the, at the American, American Legion post-82. American Legion. Oh, my Lord. I loved going there. I, that's one of the only reasons I hate having my shows every Tuesday. Night <laughs> my friends are always like, we're going to go to Honky Tonk Tuesday. And I'm like, have fun. Yeah, no. I even out of town, I was like, go check it out. It's such a cool place. And then West Nashville. Uh, headquarters coffee. Have you ever been there? It's a I small, have been to headquarters small one time. Little coffee shop. You can kind of hide away from the rest of the city for a little while and have your little nook. There um, are a lot of great little spots in Nashville that don't get enough attention. No, and I, I hate when people come to Nashville, like our friends and family. They're like, "Where do we go?" That's like not on Broadway, and I'm like, "There's millions of places we could go, but it sounds like you." 
want to go to Broadway. Uh. Like you want to go pay $14 for a drink and dance to the same song six times in a night. But it is nice to also go to a place like Big Al's, which is really as Nashville as Nashville gets. Hmm. I mean, the inside of that place seats 12 people. Yeah. 15 people, maybe. And they did recently get air conditioning. Remember? Thank <laughs> the last God. Time we were there? Oh, my goodness. So we uh, going there a lot more often now. <laughs> it, is, it is a treasure of Nashville. Yeah. You can get that chorizo hash. Mm. Mm. If you get chicken and waffles, you are getting an actual fried chicken leg, yep. not chicken tenders. Nope. Nope. You're not getting Dyson frozen chicken with the... Uh, with <laughs> with no. the giant plastic bag, and you were getting a portion. You were getting, you were getting an getting, actual. You were getting a meal, not right. skipping. We're not it skipping is, on the bread here. We're, we it's are. as home cooking and the biscuits. Oh my lord! Mm. Well, let's go. I mean, it's the one shout of out places. Big Al's. Deli. Shout out Big Al's. We should just do a whole episode about the food. We a love deep dive into Big Al's. Let's just set up the podcast <laughs> there. Have one of everything on the menu. Well, there's a million other things we could talk about, but literally, instead of getting into those on this one, we'll have to have you come back. Yeah, but, I'd love to. Uh, would you please give us your plugs? Tell folks where they can find you and Secrets, the new EP. Secrets, online. the new EP. It's going to be out on all streaming platforms, Spotify, iTunes, wherever you want to stream music. Highly encourage you. It's a very personable album. If you are driving on after a long day, if you're on a long walk, if you're staring at the ceiling, if you're having a cup of tea, this is the EP for you. Um, you can find it on all streaming platforms, socials. You can find me on Instagram the most. Uh, my TikTok is not as active as it should be. So Instagram is where you're going to find most of the activity happening. Um, you can find me at my website, timothymiles.com. I'm going to be setting up an email list very soon to yes. uh, promote my stuff. So if you want to be a Join part the of that, email list. get me a shout on the Instas or hit me on my uh, on my Email website. is not dead. It's not dead. It is, it is not very dead. much alive. I check my email a million times a day. Oh, yes. Um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, that's where you can find me. You can find me playing around town. I think my next setup show here is the this will be long past but we will be i've done a neil young tribute night with myself and my good friend uh, duncan duncan vingy aka vingy uh mm-hmm. and we'll be doing that on the 17th of november and i think this will be released also after our, i'm doing a pin drop on the third i believe uh pin drop also shout out pin drop songwriter series shout out um, and uh yeah find me on around town be come see group. tim at all of his shows He'll give you the biggest, nicest hug of anybody ever. <laughs> and, that, and that's and, and then satisfaction guaranteed. And there's a money back guarantee on that one. As Tim well. is very beloved by the, the community in Nashville. And uh, I'll, I'll cap it with this. We mentioned briefly that uh, his guitar was stolen. Oh, and yeah. it, it's proof to the, uh, the point that people love Tim because uh, I don't remember how many people it was. Something like 50 people donated to buy Tim yeah. a new guitar. And uh, it's because <laughs> we were so, so sad that you had lost that beautiful Epiphone, but yeah. you uh, you took a good, uh, a shitty situation and turned it into a, a real nice, real nice Yeah, memento. really, honestly, Shad, I wish I had the guitar so I could ra- rail off the names here, but um, I mean, uh, shout out also again, shout out to Duncan, Duncan Vinji, he kind of organized that whole thing to uh, happen for me. And, you know, it, it the testament to the community we have around here in Nashville, because that was also a moment where I was kind of really questioning mm-hmm. whether I should keep going in music. And that like guitar loss was like, Oh, maybe this is a sign that you get needed to like pull back and not do this as much. But then 
when I got the when I got that letter from Vinji and from everybody at around the Cambria uh, with that being presented, I was like, nope, you got to keep going. You got to <laughs> keep going because this matters to people. And yep. uh, yeah, so thank you, Duncan. Thank you to everybody who donated for that, and uh, including Aaron over across. You are across very the table. beloved by your people, Tim. It's uh, I love you too, buddy. <laughs> it's an honor to be here, man. It's a lot of fun. Yep. We didn't even get to talk about it today, but we can talk about it next time. Tim has actually sold out more Nashville tour stop shows than anybody <laughs> else who's ever played. That's partly why my home looks like a shrine to Mr. Timothy. I Miles. just, and I've had a lot of good opportunities. I can't, <laughs> you know, it's, it's just showing up, showing up to win. I don't know what to tell you. Yep. You've been part of a, a many moments of my, my professional career. And thank you to to you personally from me personally. Well, thank you. I mean, you rock buddy. You've given me too much, too many opportunities and it's uh, it's just, it's going to pay dividends and thank you. Yeah. Thank you, buddy. It's mutual. Yeah, yeah. Well, everybody, please go follow Timothy miles on your social media platforms. Like I said, we will have all of the information for Tim and his music in the episode link description. You can hyperlink, click those buttons and it'll take you right to whatever you're looking for. Tim, we got you your ass covered like grass. We got you. <laughs> Guys, please give us a follow, a like, a subscribe, whatever it is on uh, your platforms that you find us on. Man, you'd think by 105 episodes, I'd be better at signing off, but we're still figuring it out. You know, it's, a, it's, a build, it's always a <laughs> but consistent you give build. us a follow and a subscribe. Uh, please share us with your friends. That's the best way to get more people listening. Thank you to everybody who's listened this far and give us a follow on your social media platforms at Nashville tour stop. You can find our full live event calendar at Nashville You might even get to see Tim at one of these shows. So until the next time, please do remember that all roads lead right back here to the Nashville tour stop. Nashville tour stop.